0: calls the stars out one by one. When he speaks, the earth trembles and shakes. But yet he's still our God who desires for us to be his people, to dwell with him forever. Father, we come right now just praying truly, Lord, to be ministered by your word. Speak to us, O oh God. May we see your glory. May we lift your name up. And may we receive a word to, of instruction, correction, and encouragement. And may we find someone saying to the Lord, what must I do to be saved? And may, Lord, we celebrate as you add on to your church daily, such as should be saved, we pray. Amen. You can join me again in our Bibles. We had it for our morning scripture reading, uh, coming from Second Peter, uh, looking at those great verses one uh, through 10 of uh, the second chapter. I'm going to read it again in our hearing coming from the new international uh, Version. God's word. It's powerful, more powerful than a two-edged sword, and we thank God for his word. Word of God says, Therefore, rid yourselves of all malice and all deceit, hypocrisy, envy, and slander of every kind. Like newborn babies, crave pure spiritual milk, so that by it you may grow up in your salvation. Now that you have tasted that the Lord is good, as you come to him, the living stone, rejected by humans, but chosen by God and precious to him, you also, like living stones, are being built into a spiritual house to be a holy priesthood, offering spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. For the scripture it says... and a rock that makes them fall. They stumble because they disobey the message, which is also what they were destined for. But you are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, God's special possession, that you may declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his wonderful light, once you were not a people, but now you are the people of God, once you had not received mercy, but now you have received mercy. Praise God for his words you take you. See, help me announce this to your neighbor, tell them my place in His church. My place in his church. Yeah, tell your other neighbor make sure they heard you correctly. Tell them my place in His church. As you look at this text, it's suggesting to us, those who know him and love him, that we have a special position. Uh, Peter writes this letter to the diaspora. If you look in the beginning of this letter, it is to, to those spread out who, be, who are believers, who are under persecution, who are, who are trying to be encouraged by this message. You share them that though you may be persecuted, remember Christ who was crushed. Who was persecuted, who was killed for us, that 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 don't give up, don't give out because you're still living, and so you can still realize your value, your precious, and may you be holy, for our Father in heaven is holy. And since our Father in heaven is holy, see what he says to them, it says therefore rid yourselves. In our lives as being his living stones in this aspect, when you take a stone for a building, you see, he's pointing out here that we are to be a dwelling place for him. And if you look closely here, it's saying to us that we are to be built on a cornerstone. And the cornerstone is Christ Jesus. Cornerstone. And so we need to realize that in order for us to be who God calls us to be, we need to be all that he wants us to be. Therefore, we need to rid ourselves of malice and, 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 and guile, deceit, hypocrisy, envy, or jealousy, and evil speech or slander. The house that we are to be is to be a safe house, a house that does not have toxins. That's going to hurt, injure somebody. A a house free of lead paint. I'm going to talk to somebody here. Uh, A house that's free of things that that were inside that will harm those who are dwelling in there. Uh, You know, someone living in a house full of mold and mildews is damaging their lungs every time they take a breath. They may be happy to be in that home, but they don't see that there's something in there that's desperately destroying them and killing them from the inside out. But we need to remove such things so that we can be a chosen vessel for our uh, God. Because when you are choosing material for our house, do you not want the best material? And as God is going to make living stones, he's taking rocks that had no form, no shape, and shaving them to fit in the position he wants them to be. Can I help somebody out? That you can't be the cornerstone. (laughs) That one already has a position. Tell your name, you need to get in where you can fit in. Yeah. Sometimes we want to be the capstone, but no, you can't be the capstone. That already has a position. You need to get in where you can fit in. Uh, oftentimes we want to be a place so everybody can see us. And catch this, catch this. Oftentimes we no longer recognize the true cornerstone, but we put a decorative cornerstone. And the decorative cornerstone, we put names on, we put dates on, so everybody know, hey, there it is. But you can take that out, the building will still stand. But if you remove the cornerstone, things fall apart. And so we need to realize that it's not based on me how the church stays together, but it's based on who I am sitting next to. And Cassius, 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 every time they lay a stone, they lay a brick. That brick is next and next and next to the cornerstone. Because the cornerstone defines how everything is built. The cornerstone is the reference. It is what is referred to. It is what ensures that everything is held neatly together. So if I want to get next to the cornerstone, I need to remove stuff that prohibits me. Getting next to the cornerstone. It's kinda hard to stick to a smooth stone when I got rough edges. It's kinda hard to hug a porcupine, right? It'll prick you every time. But if you remove those quills, you can get to, you can get close to it. But yet in the aspect of looking at a porcupine needs its quills. Because that's how it was made. But yet we need to remove the stuff that is hurting others. Because that's not how God wants us to be made. And so the quills that I have that's been pricking and hurting people, I need to remove it. Somebody said, I need to get rid of some malice. Yeah, somebody said, I don't have no malice. All right, all right, that's all right, all right. Then I'm glad you're holy. But when we look at what malice is, is evil, it's wickedness. All have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. Uh, we realize that there's times in our lives that we look at somebody with some incontent. And oftentimes we be truthful with ourselves. We don't have to look far. They're right there in vicinity. Amen. Amen. We get mad at the student next to us. We get mad at our coworker. We get mad at home and we be thinking things I wish you would. But yet when we realize that God is, is trying to shape and form our hearts, when those things rival, we say, no, nope, I'm getting rid of that. We want to get rid of guile and deceit, to speak with cunning and false intentions, to mislead or to lead a, astray. You know how somebody does not give you the whole information you need to better make a good decision than to give you part of it. And then once they got what they want from you, found out that they duped you, that's guile and deceit. We need to be careful that we don't mislead people but give them the full information. And be honest and forthright, not be hypocrites as well. Hypocrites are the ones who act one way but truly are false. I like to liken it to a trick coin, a coin they show you only one side. Heads I win, tails you lose, but both sides are heads but you don't know because they only show you one side. It's a hypocrite. It's false. It's fake. It's not real. It's an imposter. And we need to make sure that we don't put on a fake face. Trying to act as we love somebody, but deep inside we hate them. Trying to act that we care that they succeed, but really we only want them to succeed so we can prove them better later on that I'm better than you. We we let them know, oh, I'm glad you got a good job, but wait, I'm going to have a better job when next time you see me. Or I'm glad you got a car, but I'm going to have a better car. Because when we have hypocrisy and act one way, it's, it's, it's already what's coming out is to it is jealousy or envy. That we are driven by our passions to act one way and, and desire to covet another thing, and that's not drawing us closer to God, but it's moving us further away. And what else moves us away is slander. Evil speech. And then I face it slander of every kind. I like it how one person put it this way that slander and evil speech is like slinging mud on somebody to say, you're not so clean either. That's what slander does. It tries to make someone else look dirty so you can look good in your own eyesight. But in process, we truly look at ourselves, we realize that I'm nothing special. That only I'm only special when I put myself in God's hands. So I need to remove what is useless and allow God to use me. So when I allow God to use me, you know what I start getting hungry for? His word. It's a sad state that our churches have moved away from studying his word. That when you say you're having Bible study, somebody thinks, oh, that's not important. But yet they can wait outside a bookstore for a release of novels. They can stand outside for those novels that become movies outside too, to watch them too. But yet when you tell them, I'm about to study the word of God, they tell you, I don't have time for it. Wait a minute, how you don't have time for it, but you go wait at midnight for a release of a book that won't change your life has no power, has no impact, but when I'm talking about a word that can set the captive free, a word that can make the blind to see, a word that can make the lame to walk, you can't make time for. It's saying to us that we ought to desire God's word as a newborn baby desires spiritual milk. And desire the spiritual, sincere, pure milk means there's no defect. It's unadulterated, it's pure, it's raw. And it's pointing out to us that, have you ever seen a hungry baby? It just You, you just can't get the bottle in there fast enough. It's going, wah, 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 moving his face, moving and saying, I'm trying to get it. Y'all not helping me out, you know, you trying to get in the Bible. And, and, and that's how hungry we ought to be that we should be, I can't wait to get his word. When you are thirsty, don't you not run to get something to drink? When you're not thirsty, don't you drink that cup so quick you forgot that there was anything in there because it's all gone. I remember times that, that, that we, when we realize when we want something, we'll do anything to get to the point of it. We should be the same way for God's word, that I would do anything to get it. Because why? What will it do? It will nurture me. When it nurtures me, it will push out the infirmities. You know how when you have a healthy diet, it helps you to stay healthy? Isn't that kind of funny? We know what a healthy diet does. helps us stay healthy, but instead of having a healthy diet, we eat the stuff that's unhealthy, and then we have an unhealthy body. Wonder why we have high cholesterol, high blood pressure, high blood sugar, because we are eating all that stuff that's high on, on sugar, high on cholesterol, high on starch, high on salt. But when we, when we start looking and changing how we feed ourselves, our body starts changing and reacting in a more healthier and a better way. The body of Christ needs to realize that in order for me to fit into the position that God wants me to be, I need to stick to the diet that he's given me. So... I need to realize that in reading his Bible, uh, as Moody says, sin keeps you away from the Bible, and the Bible keeps you away from sin. For when you have God's word hidden within your heart, you might not sin against him. The word w- will mature us to look like Christ because we are already connected to him. Hello, somebody. You understand that if you get, anybody ever got a cut a bruise before and it stayed on your body? It became a part of you, did it not? It wasn't there before, but it became a part of you. Well, I'm not talking about a bruise. I'm not talking about a cut. I'm just talking about how we could just become a part of Christ and we just look like the body. We won't look obscured. We won't look ugly. We won't look like a mess. Up, He says, oh, I'm a part of him. I'm engrafted in him. I am, I am now going to be able to bear the same fruit as him. So when we start looking like Jesus, we start looking like light, the true light, and the darkness will reject us. But the light has accepted us and pushed out the darkness. You see, we have come into his marvelous light. And when we we look at how this light came into the world, you understand how the sun came into the world. The sun came into the world. But you can also substitute sun with with S-U-N or S-O-N. It both means the same light came into the world and the world was darkness. And it says the world receives him not. The darkness rejected him. And so the same way the world does not like the sun because the sun reflects light. And they don't like the light because they love darkness. Which means they rather do the things that pleases the flesh than storing the things that honors God. But yet when we love the Lord, we realize the world hates us too. And we say that's cool because I want to be like my daddy. <laughs> I want to be like his son. I want to reflect what's glorious to him because I want to get in my position. The only way I can get in my position is for me to look like him. Think about do, Does not your house stand out if it's, if its color is different than all the other houses? Because it's something different. It does not look like the same. We need to stand out. That when people see us, they realize that this one is different from all the rest. How does my house stand up? Because I have the dwelling of the Holy Spirit. I am a living stone. I am a precious stone. I am a holy nation. I am a royal priesthood. I am different than everybody else. Because when you know your value is precious, because you are appraised by God. Y'all see that there? That, That God sees that others have rejected you, but God says, I have chosen you. It's a blessing to know that others reject you, others don't care about you, but God knows your value, God knows your purpose, God knows how to use you. Let's, let's think about how you can give money to a child. A child does not know how to use that money. Definitely give money to an infant, it will tear it up, put it in his mouth, and do all that kind of stuff. And, and now, that because it has no value to it, so it does not know how to use it, be careful how you give yourself to the world. They don't know your value, so they will use you, abuse you, and misuse you, and throw you away. Have you ever found a dollar on the ground before? And you saw it, he says, I can use that. Somebody has discarded it, let it go, let it down, but he says, you know what, I can work with that. I see God doing the same thing with us. People have used you, abused you, thrown you away, but God says, I can work with that. I can use that. I can clean that up and do some awesome and some magnificent things with that. Because God knows our value. He knows how precious we are. He wants us to be engrafted upon his body, be his dwelling place. So when others have reject you, don't worry about it. They don't know your value. But your value is according to God that you are a living stone. You are being built for a spiritual house. You are precious in his sight. And you have, you have precious value that is incomparable, that is inconceivable, that can never be measured. Thinking about how many people will take and kidnap somebody for a ransom and they basically always want to, they know they're going to get paid. Because how much is a life where well, you can't measure it? And so same thing, look at our God. God, God gave his only life son, so we can have life. Can you measure that? You can't measure that. And this, 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 Throwing this one in for phrase, I think about how great God is. On the cross, he cried out, oh, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? And this is why, this is what God showed me about how great his love is towards us, that As much as he loves us, he wants to give us joy. And that's how great his love is. But how great is his wrath is that it made his son cry. And his wrath is that great that he does not want us to be exposed to that. He does not want us to know that. He wants us to know his joy, his peace, his love. And and I was just thinking about the like, my God, you desire for us to know you in a more intimate and a special way apart from sin. So how dare I hold on to the stuff that's hurting me and pushing me away from you? Instead, let me surrender, see my value in you and draw closer to you and be your precious stone. And so that's why in our faith, when you look at this process, look at how he, he shows us that we look into the scriptures for our help, do we not? And so if you look at the scriptures, even this writer goes back in the scriptures himself, and he's quoting from Isaiah and the Psalms. And he says, "And I lay a stone in Zion, a chosen and a precious cornerstone, and the ones, the one who trusts in him will never be put to shame. You see that? If you forever put your trust in him, you'll never be put to shame. You will never be let down by God. He will never disappoint you. You have nothing to worry about. You have, you have nothing to, to, to fear because you know that I am safe in him. Why are we facing him? Because he's our cornerstone. The stone the builders rejected has become our cornerstone, has become our reference, has become our foundation, has become what holds us together. And so what's holding us together Is his love and his mercy. Think about this. Think about this. It says this to us that where were we beforehand? We were once a people that did not know mercy. We were once a people rejected, but now we are people who have mercy. We are his chosen people. We have a God. We have a home. And so if we have a God, we have a home, guess guess what? We have a purpose. And what is our purpose? It says for us to be a royal priesthood. We are in, in, enamored and, 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 and loved about royalty. We, we like to learn about jewels and castles. We like to learn about queens and kings and, and how they last. We study kingdoms because we are, we are truly in love with monarchies and kingdoms. But 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 what God is showing us that I am giving you a to be able to partake in a kingdom that is bigger, that is greater than this world has ever seen. And, and Cassius, Cassius, he's going to make a new heaven and a new earth that we can reign in. And so while we are still here on this dark, wretched earth, we have the opportunity to bring light to those who do not know him. How can we do that by offering spiritual sacrifices that are what? Acceptable to God. Does that not sound familiar? Romans 12. I beseech you, therefore, and brethren, present your body as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable we are to be serving god in holy and acceptable means that i am doing it without malice and hypocrisy and envy and slander but no i'm doing it in generosity and meekness and 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 self-control long-suffering love joy and peace the fruit of the spirit and so when i realized my position as a holy priesthood, what i like about this is about the priesthood that god chose the priest the priest did not choose God. He chose them to be of this office, and, 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 and he also rejected those who did not want to serve him. The priests that were by priests because of inheritance that were trying to serve him but mock him, they died. He's like, I don't got time for you. Because you are blaspheming my name. I don't have time for those who are leading my people astray. But I have time for those who earnestly seek me and desire to do my will. He has chosen us to be an example. Tell your neighbor, be an example. And so we ought to give an example how to give sacrifice, how to worship, how to honor God, that there's people out there dying because they're looking to find a man, a woman of God that can show them how to pray, how to be a woman and a man of integrity, how to wait till they get married, how to not get drunk and puff, puff, pass and give, but yet be a one that says, I can get up and walk and not concern about what my peers say, what society says, and try to be in fashion with them because they're only going to reject me in the end, but I want to be with the one that has the final say-so. And when I realize that's my purpose, I don't have time to mess around with this dark world, but I want to stay and walk in his light. So I'm on a holy priest offering spiritual sacrifice accepted to God through Christ Jesus. You see how it's it's all through Jesus. It's all through Jesus. It's all through Jesus. We cannot be in our proper place in the church without Christ. If Christ is not the cornerstone of the building, then our building will fall apart. But since he is the cornerstone and since we are his chosen living stones and we are precious unto our God, then on Christ, the solid rock, we stand. And look what we can stand when we stand on Christ. We can stand to face whatever comes our way. We can stand and say, Lord, I can put up with other people's mess because you put up with my mess. I can put up with others talking about me because they talked about my cornerstone. <laughs> I can put up with those backbiting me because they backbited my cornerstone. And we realize that it's not as bad as we think it is. Because we are we are connected and standing on the one that suffered and died so that we might have life and have what? Life more of. Uh, abundantly so therefore we understand that this world is temporal but god's promise of something eternal so my place in this church is to serve him unabashedly unashamedly to realizing that i don't care how it's uncool to somebody else to go to church on sunday morning to go to Bible study whenever we plan it, to go to revival, to go to a prayer meeting, to go somewhere and study my word. I realize that I'm not here to please you, to serve you, but I am a royal priest. I have responsibilities in his house. A priest, you understand, a priest, a priest stayed within the tabernacle to make sure he could get the duties done. We need to make sure that, Lord, I want to stay in your presence. I want to be where you want me to be. Say what you want me to say. Go where you want me to go. Do what you want me to do. And there are, therefore, I realize that I can get with other brothers and sisters in Christ. And so watch out, somebody, power starts happening. Yeah. He's already blessed us and told us that when two or three are gathered together, my surely musters, that there's power when the body of Christ comes together. So when we get in our right position, things start changing. Lives start changing. Lives start healing. Because we realize that it's not us. It's the Lord working through us. That it's our sacrifice that we make unto him. It's how we offer ourselves openly to him, to be used by him. Because you are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation. God's special possession that you may declare the praises of him who calls you out of darkness into his wonderful light. All this is done so that you can bring him glory. All this is done that you can go tell somebody else that he can do the same for you. All this is done so you can tell that I, too, once was in darkness, but he saved me and brought me into his marvelous light. And you can know this great light, too, because this light will never diminish. This light can never be dimmed. This light can never be put out. But this light will forever shine. And you can know this light, too. And the only way you can know this light is to know Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior. And you, too, can know how to be a person of God, to be one who went from not having mercy but have received mercy. And to know him in his glory. Let us bow our heads and turn to him. Lord, we come right now. God, just thank you. That you have allowed us to know Jesus as our Lord and Savior. And Lord, there might be someone here who does not know Jesus as a personal Lord and Savior. Lord, I pray right now, God, that they can confess with their mouth. And believe in their heart that Jesus Christ died on the cross for the sins and rose again from the grave on the third day. Lord, I pray that they can right now just realize, Lord, for you, for for, for for you, they love you and that you died for them and you saved them from hell. And, Lord, I pray that they can grasp how great your love is for us, how much you care for us, how much you desire for us to know peace, to know joy, to know how to serve you. Father, there might be someone here who does not know Jesus. We want to lead them, Lord, as you minister to their hearts, that they can confess with their mouth and believe in their heart. God, see, just repeat after me, that's you. God's speaking to you right now. Just repeat after me, he knows you. Saying, dear Lord Jesus, I do believe you died on the cross for my sin and that you defeated the grave by rising from the grave on the third day. And now you are exalted, seated at the right hand of the Father. And Jesus, I invite you to come into my heart and be my personal Lord and Savior. I thank you, Lord, for saving me. I thank you, Lord, for forgiving me. I thank you, Lord, for loving me. Still with your head bowed, your eyes closed. If there's someone here that you've prayed that prayer for the first time, that you raise your hand.